Guest number talk, which means we just play a talk. But I thought on the occasion of the uh, Anakarika ordination of Miles that I um, just offer some reflection, but also just kind of um, let people know, um, you know, what is involved or what's actually happening. Yeah, because there is obviously a mixed audience. We have some, uh, you know, people who are uh, new to Buddhism. And you have the, you, know, you have the uh, Australians and the Sri Lankans and the Thais and uh, everybody else in between, and so everybody has their own different traditions, obviously. Yeah. So in the uh, in Thailand, um, if you over twenty, you would just become a monk. Yeah. Only little kids or dang as novices. Yeah. Uh, not sure what the I think it's the same with Sri Lanka. But in the uh, Ajahn tradition, actually, he, um, he was pretty uh, innovative in his time. And he actually um, started this process. Because his thing was that um, easy to become a monk, easy to, uh, you know, to ordain, also easy to disrobe. So he made the process really a gradual process where... You enter into the Sangha, the community, uh, in different ways. And then it gives you time, and also the community, a time to get to know each other. So it gives you a real like, a clear understanding of what you get into. Because sometimes you, know, you read a few books, see a movie, the Buddha, become really inspired. You think, oh yeah, you know, go sit under a tree, become enlightened, go on, do other stuff. And you go to a monastery, it's like, what? We have to wash dishes, clean toilets? I didn't ordain, I didn't come to monastery for this. <laughs> I come here to be enlightened. So there may be a disconnect between uh, what we, uh, we think uh, monastic life is about than the actual experience. So uh, with this, uh, the process, the long drawn out process, allows people to uh, get a better uh, feeling, better understanding what's involved in terms of the monastic training. And it's the training. It's something that uh, you have to incline towards, something you have to work towards. It doesn't happen naturally, you know, the purification of the mind. Yeah. And um, so in the Ajahn Chah tradition, you become an Anagarika, you dress in white, stay in the monastery um, for about a year. 
and generally it involves just settling in, you know, showing up to morning chanting, evening chanting, dig, drive monks around, cook, the usual stuff that monks can't do, just kind of offering support and service to the monastery. But also at the same time getting to know, you know, what is all involved in terms of, you know, the, the, the meditation. And uh, the, uh, the forest tradition is kind of, yeah, it's like an apprenticeship. It's like a hands-on. Yes, there are rules to study, there are books you have to read, but most of it is just you learn by doing, by living the life, really. And it's something that, uh, um, uh, yeah, I have a lot of faith in it. I think that's, uh, there's no other way to train the mind is to live in a community. Even though these days you have all the books and you have all the teachings, you have all the recording of the masters. I mean, it's not something that you just uh, can uh, uh, do uh, in a vacuum. It is a communal stuff. And we have our, you know, views and opinions, preferences. And it's only in this crucible of a monastery, the containment of a monastery, that you get to rub those, uh, our defilements away slowly, day by day, uh, you know, it is through uh, conflict, it is through interaction with other people that you see your own attachment and craving, your own preferences. And it's only through that that we can work through, uh, you know, um, the, uh, the clingings that we have. Because that's the nature of delusion, nature of craving. A lot of times we don't see it, the subtle ones. We think, oh yeah, I understand, you know, greed, I understand hatred, I understand delusion. Yeah, just you know, let go. But uh, in terms of the actual practice, much more difficult, much more subtle than that. So the uh, the process in the uh, Ajahn Chah tradition is yeah, I spent the first year as a trusting wife, living in the monastery, uh, you know, surrendering to the monastic uh, environment, to the teacher for a year, and then it's always a mutually uh, process, mutually approved process. That uh, it is so remote. We uh, we didn't kind of go up to miles. Like, you know, miles. I think it's time for you a day. It's something that we wait for miles and other people who want interested to come and ask and myself. And then I would go to the sangha, have a meeting, and it has to be a unanimous decision to, to allow people to move on to the next person. And obviously, the monks, everybody has a vote, and we vote on it. Even though the lay people not officially vote normally before people ordain. I would also check with the lay community. You know, so-and-so wants to become an anajarika, so-and-so wants to become a novice. What do you guys think? Have there been harmonious? Are they causing trouble in the kitchen? Because sometimes a monk, you know, we get all the good stuff. People are really nice when they talk to monks. And then we go somewhere else and they say, oh, you don't know what they're like when you're not there, Aja. <laughs> they're not so nice. <laughs> not always. <laughs> so we always check with the lay community. So that obviously this person is harmonious, easy to live with, easy to work with. Yeah, that's the main thing. And uh, so it was, uh, obviously, with uh, uh, Miles' case, it's a unanimous decision to accept Miles into the community. And then, uh, yeah, so he will spend the next year living closer to the monks. We'll go up to uh, one of the hut and um, start to... Uh, Wash monks bowls, uh, clean cooties, uh, wash robes, bits and pieces, just to get an idea of you know what what uh, what monks' life are about, how to look after the requisites, yeah, how to look after you know, and also during this time hopefully, 
this assumption as we continue with the practice of meditation, uh, learning also a bit of the rules that uh, the monks have to live by. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a gradual process of entering into a lifestyle to see what it's about. And then after a year, the mouse happy to continue the uh, the training. He would ask to 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 be uh, to, to go to the next step. That is to ordain as a novice, which means um, you keep a precept. Novice and an extra main precept is the uh, the no money. So also renouncing um, and having to do anything with uh, with uh, money or funds. Obviously, you have a lot of wealth. Then we ask you not to make not to uh, make use of it. But if you have just a, you know a bit of money in the savings account somewhere, just ask people you know, either just get rid of it, give it to your parents, or uh, give it to a charity or something. That way, it, it's another way to free yourself from the worldly uh, kind of worries of having funds and money something to do. And by then, um, as a novice, even as an energy, the, the monastery will look after all your physical needs anyway. So when you become a novice, that, that's 100% more because you're renouncing money. So the, the sangha, the community, will be your family. By then, we would look after all, you know, anything that you might need in terms of the medicine, the health thing, the road. Yeah. So you do that, for, uh, then he would ask. We'll have another meeting, monks, and this will be unanimous. has to be unanimous to go forward. If there's one objection, we go back to us, well, you know, so-and-so said this, you know, you ate his chocolate or something. What do you say? And then, yeah, so we try to work it out and then uh, get a unanimous decision. And then we'd be, uh, there'd be another ceremony and he would be anonymous for a year. And then one, close to the years up, the candidate would also ask for the going forth to be a full ordination, we say, which is to become a monk, a bhikkhu. And that only happens if he's happy to continue training under our system and also to make a commitment of a five-year commitment a month. So during this time, it's just each process in commitment. Yeah. So first is, you know, obviously, um, from the external, uh, you know, he's in this, he would have the same precept as a normal person who lives in the monastery. But the difference between any Garika and a long-term guest is the commitment of saying, you know, next 12 months, I'm going to be here. Not going to make any plans. I'm going to go anywhere, I'm going to surrender to the teacher, and to surrender to the community. I'm not going to have any plans of going anywhere uh, unless, you know, it's required. Yeah. And that's something, you know, even though it's kind of a minor thing, it's quite important in, in the training. It is a rough... Because in these days, with lots of choices, unlimited choices, of places to go, things to do, things to be... Um, Having a sense of commitment is something that's not so easy for many people. Because it does mean, you know, when you choose one thing, it best precludes everything else. So even the next year you meet your, you meet you know, the wonderful Buddha, the Buddha, the next Maitreya Buddha comes along and gives teaching. You still can't go. You still have to ask permission to go to leave the monastery and, and to be. So it's a surrendering. But I think that is where the growth comes from. Because when you enter into a monastic life, you're heading away from the worldly ways. Because sometimes in the world we live in this idea of freedom, you know, freedom to do what I want to do, freedom to do what I want, you know, to leave when I feel like leaving, to 
do other things, to practice in my different ways. But from a monastic perspective, from the forest tradition, it's about the freedom. There's two freedom in the world, right? There's freedom of desire. You eat what you want to eat, sleep when you want to sleep, sleep how long you want to sleep, be with who you want to be. But you enter the, mon- the monastic life, you're aiming for the freedom from desire. The freedom to, you know, that, that comes from not having desire, not wanting. The freedom from, from surrendering yourself to the training, to the community. And as you get a feel for it, it's a much more stable freedom, the freedom from desire. Because when you follow your desires, it's endless. It's always something else to do. It's always something better than you think. It's on and on and on and on. But it's not to say it's easy. Because I remember as Sanan and Garika, yeah, you know, there were afternoons I'd be sitting in my kuti going, what? what have I done? I don't know what I'm doing. This is not so fun. I want to do something else. I mean, you know, people, you know, prisoners, they get lunch, they get dinner, they get videos. Right? Sitting in the studio monastery with no screen, with no, with no electricity, not with a mosquito net. I can only eat once a day or twice a day. Yeah, well, once a day. No, monks only, yeah, and in, the, as the, in Thailand, it's only, yeah, main meal. Is it once, once a meal? You know? So I'm thinking, what, what's going on here? It's not very fun. So there is, you know, perception or habits that come up. And usually the first year, I remember it was, you know, my own personal response. It's quite a a very inspiring year. Just discovering Buddhism, discovering meditation, discovering this wonderful life. Yeah, I thought it was an amazing blessing to be part of the whole whole kind of community. And and so there was major highs. I was so happy that I stumbled upon this, you know. I just like, it's like, you know, what do you call that? It's uh, the... uh, the rabbit, it's like you stumble down the rabbit hole and you stumble this beautiful, amazing, uh, discover this amazing blessings, uh, that this, that, that discover this world that is very strange but also very beautiful in different ways that I didn't had, had known before. So the first year was, was like magical, but it also punctuated, but uh, you know, lots of doubts and lots of, um, um, uh, yeah. Pretty much a lot of suffering, obviously, because of the, 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 the so much of the, uh, about, uh, what do you call it, the structure. The structure of the monastery was something that, you know, if you're used to doing what you want to do, you find it quite confining, if you haven't, you know, kind of come across that. So there was a lot of, the, you know, kind of rubbing against that, remember. And just being around people that I couldn't escape from, so that was so interesting. Because in the lay world, you know, you, you're around people you like. If you don't like, you just move away from them. But in the monastery, you know, you sit where you sit. You don't get to choose where you sit. So even, you know, so you sit somebody who you don't really get along with, you're kind of stuck <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> but so that, in itself, you know, it sounds minor, but uh, if you're uh, not used to it, it could be a big deal. So I remember, um, you know, there was a lot of, you know, major, major kind of period. I was so happy just walking on air. And other times, yeah, I just couldn't get away fast enough. So, but I didn't run away yet. I think I went to my as a novice when I plucked my uh, my escape from the monastery. So there, and it's not uncommon that um, you know people 
and things happen during the meditation. There's no escape. There's no distractions. You know, you have no phone. You have no everything. Uh, these things come up. So um, just coming to, to let you know that your journey ahead. That there've been you know many periods of, of lots of beautiful inspiration and and and, and uh, joy and happiness. But there are also from time to time there are you know rough spots. And that uh, not to be so surprised or not to be think that you're doing something wrong. It's just normal. It's part of the journey. It's to kind of meet these difficulties from time to time. And, and uh, I tell most people that's not the problem. A lot of times it, it's just how you deal with it. And it is through difficulties that we do grow. We learn about ourselves, what our you know, craving, what our attachment, what our ex- expectations are. So we grow from these difficulties as well. Not just, you know, from having great meditation, having really inspiring uh, kind of uh, mode in the mind. And uh, so it is, you know, this training, and it's about the training, that like I said. You know, it's like um, the West Point, you know, I think Chinese is like the West Point of Buddhism. It's about position. You have to do things very clearly. It's about, you know, um, but hopefully, with the kind of military position, the forest tradition also have the same exact thing. Like you have to wear your robe a certain way, you have to you know fold your sitting cloth a certain way, wash the bowl a certain way, uh, look after your sangati, and all sorts of different things. Lots and lots of rules that you have to be mindful of different situation, how to act, how to walk, and all that. So there's a lot of precision involved. But hopefully, underneath all that position is a purpose uh, towards you know, clarity, towards mindfulness, towards wisdom and compassion. So that's what we different from a military position where military, a lot of time it can be a lot of, you know, based on anger or fear. But whereas the Buddhist path, it is a lot of time is, is position, but it's inclining towards you know, simplicity, inclined towards more clarity, inclined towards letting go and kindness. And so that, but it, it, there's a lot of similarities in, in, in the army, in the training. And it's the training. That's why I said it's something you do on a day-to-day basis. Something you have to submit to. Something you have to surrender to. Something that is rubbing away your sense of self. Yeah. And you feel confined, you feel annoyed. Um, it's not, doesn't mean necessarily anything wrong with the training or wrong with yourself. It's meant to do that. It's meant to, for you to allow to see where your, your attachment or your craving, your likes and dislikes are. And so hopefully to lead, you know, leads to a deeper understanding of who we are and what we are. And it is, um, like I said, it is a path of, of uh, you know, a lot of happiness, but also a path of, of uh, you know, a certain amount of difficulty. But hopefully also a class of increasing letting go. Right? Just, in, just in all that, you know. If you're suffering, just to reflect, you know, where am I that I'm holding on to? The views and opinions, likes, dislikes, preferences. And as in Chan's famous saying, you know, when you let go a little, you have a little happiness. When you let go a lot, you have a lot of happiness, right? It's on the t-shirt. And when you really, and you let go of everything, you have true freedom, true happiness. So it's always about shaving away. But it is also a gradual path. Hence, you know, that also um, comes up with, you know, the gradual training of becoming an anti becoming a novice, 
you know, becoming a, a monk. And it's also about commitment, which is rare in this world, because we live in a world that you know, encourages choices, freedom to move around, to do things as we want to do, to live the life that we want to live, not to submit. But that's the irony of the thing, that the more you submit, the more you surrender, that's where true happiness from, true freedom comes from that. True freedom comes from not being attached. True freedom comes from letting go of your desire. And the freedom of desire is what true liberation is about. Letting go of the mind. Yeah. And the difference between, was it committed and involved, right? You've only heard this before. What's the difference between just you know, being really committed and just being involved? The difference between like, you know, being you know, commitment and being involved is like, what's it? Eggs and bacon. Right? With eggs, the chicken is just involved. It just has the eggs and it's just, you know, no big deal. It's kind of involved, but not, not, not a major thing. But with the bacon, the pig is really involved. Right? So that's what you're doing. You're giving up literally your life, your energy. Give a piece of yourself to the training. And that's the irony. The more you give, it's where happiness comes from. Where fulfillment, sense of well-being. Yeah, I find that, you know, the more you, you surrender yourself to the training, the more you surrender yourself to the situation, that's where true liberation happens. So on this uh, inspiring, happy occasion of many people coming to share in, in your ordination, Miles, it's my sincere uh, wish that the path will be a path of happiness, path of clarity, path of increasing wisdom for yourself. But not just for yourself, because you can see we do, we are a community here, we affect each other. That your journey is also something that uh, brings happiness and blessings to us yourself, but all the people that come to the monastery, all the people that know you. Yeah. So hoping your practice, your life will be a blessing for everybody here. I offer you for that for your reflection. Okay. So we bow together. And then after that is uh, sit and walk to 12 o'clock and then see what happens. Huh? Yeah, optional. Yeah, optional. Yeah, especially with the cooking and people who are leaving and driving and all that stuff. Yeah, so please get plenty of sleep if you're going to drive tomorrow somewhere.
Sipatipanam Bhagavato Asavaka Sangam 